Thanks again so much, children and young people, and your leaders for, for that. Thanks for giving that your all. And the acting and the overacting, Lucas. Um, well done. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I chose that carol at this point because um, I was reminded, it might seem a bit strange for a minister to say this in a service at Christmas, but I was reminded of the holiness of what we're doing. Sometimes in all the fun and laughter and the, the, um, the trimmings and the trappings, sometimes in all the familiarity uh, that we can, we can maybe forget. Maybe focusing on the wrong things, the food, the, the holiday, all the other aspects of Christmas, which are all good and great. Let's not forget the sense of holiness. This is a holy moment we're, we're considering, a holy moment we're sharing together now. This is a godly situation. This is part of God's plan for you, me, and the whole of creation. Christmas is not just about the trimmings, the tree, the time off, all the things that we're blessed to have as part of our Christmases. We've just witnessed a very good and a very funny account, expression of a very true, a very real um, moment in history, time in history. Jesus comes, God chose to come to us in the person of Jesus to offer that hope, peace, joy and love, to offer himself to us. Let's not miss that in the middle of all the hype the stress and the trimmings. Now, the irony is not lost on me, but I'm going to use one of those trimmings um, to, to kind of to, 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 to share some truths with you of Christmas with you this afternoon. So, what I need you to do is grab a cracker, please, nice and quick. Don't open it yet. This is the way we're going to do it, okay? One, two, three, pull. Not one, two, pull. Not one, pull. Not pull. One, two, three, pull. Okay? Are we all there? Ready? Okay. One, two, three, pull. Very good. Okay. Okay. Just like in every single collective worship or assembly that I do, give the children some fun and then you've lost their attention completely. Okay, back to me. Well done, thank you. We're going to come to that in a minute. This cracker is going to help me to share with you a little message. I have to say, I mean, two ninety nine from B&M, the... The bang wasn't exactly, I was hoping for a bit more of a bang, but at least most of them worked. Um, yeah, it was quite good, that. Thanks, a bit delayed, but thanks. Um, that bang, that noise, I remember as a child, almost every time we pulled a cracker, however predictable it was, my grandmother would, would have, um, oh, blimey O'Reilly, oh, dear God above, she'd say. That gave me a shock. My grandma, it's the same every year. Yeah. Um, some of them are louder than others but you know when you're in a, maybe in a restaurant having Christmas dinner there's always someone who's not expecting a cracker to go off and, and jumps a mile I just wanted to share to talk about the, the shock and the fright I mean how scary was Libby so scary every time she had to say don't be afraid it was a good job because otherwise Mary would have been so afraid and everyone was so afraid 
Um, but, but it was shocking. Who gets frightened in the Christmas story? Somebody help me out. Who gets frightened in the Christmas story? Yeah, I've not, not got anything to say about the animals, uh, Mary, thanks. Anybody else? Who gets frightened? Joshua. Herod gets what? Yeah, he gets frightened, doesn't he? Um, why is he frightened? He's the king of the Jews. The king of everyone in his mind. And this new king of the Jews, well, I'm not having any of that. Herod was frightened, intimidated, nervous about being knocked off his perch. Who else was frightened? Mary was frightened. The shepherds were frightened. I love that line in the, uh, while shepherds watched. Um, Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled minds. They were mighty dread. They were afraid. Joseph, of course. Some of the fear for Mary and Joseph. That the, the fear of what other people would think. That even though Mary and Joseph had not been in a baby-making situation, we, had, we, we are assured, um, she was pregnant. The, the fear of, of hearing that this angel saying that your God's chosen you to be part of his plan. Whoa, what? It's not what I was expecting. The fear of the shepherds in the fields. When Gabriel and a whole heavenly host, just loads and loads of all, loads of angels, turn up while you're at work, looking after the sheep. Fear not, says the angel. I've got good news for you. Now, for a shepherd who was an out, outcast in that society, just took to the edge of the city to, to look after the sheep, um, they were, they were, shepherds were not trusted, they were avoided, they, just were not the chosen ones. Not the ones you would go to if you wanted to share the best news on the planet. But they are the ones that God chose to hear the good news first. I think that's brilliant and something we could learn from in the world today about how we treat people who are pushed to the margins of society. Jesus would be there with them on the streets. Jesus would be there with them. Thinking of those child refugees in Calais and, and around Calais, still waiting to be reunited with family here. Thinking of the homeless, thinking of the disabled, thinking of other groups in society who get a rougher deal. Jesus will be there with them. Jesus is there with them. And we should be there with them too. But it's frightening to get this news. It's frightening to know that you've been part of God's plan. Maybe when you pull a cracker now, you'll remember the shock and fear that is part of hearing God's message, part of being part of God's plan, part of stepping out into the unknown, part of being the first people to go into new territory, stepping out in faith. Being introduced to God's plan for you may be the last thing on your mind. It might feel scary, but don't resist it. I love what Mary says, may it be to me as you have said, whatever the Lord wants for me, my answer is yes. I hope that's your response too. Because as scary as it might be, following Jesus and doing life Jesus' way is the only way to really live. Right, what's in here? Let's see what these jokes are like, eh? A piece of paper with a joke on it. Why did the golfer wear two pairs of trousers? In case he got a hole in one. Um, who is Santa's favourite singer? 
Elvis Presley. Who's Rudolph's favourite singer? Who's got this one? Beyonce. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're writing that one down, aren't you? Um, no. What athlete is warmest in winter? A long jumper. Who hides in the bakery at Christmas? A mint spy. And the new one for me this year, and my current favourite, what carol is heard in the desert? What carol is heard in the desert? Oh, camel, ye faithful. Come on. I expected a little bit better than that, Keith. Um, who delivers presents to baby sharks? Santa Jaws. <laughs> Santa Jaws. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, the joke is meant to make us laugh. It's really meant to. It makes me laugh. My mum's favourite. Why did the jelly baby go to school? Wanted to be a smarty. Eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're meant to make us laugh, and laughter represents which one of these Advent themes? Come on. Joy. The joy of his love. The joy of knowing, even in the difficult circumstances, that Jesus came and that we are his and he is ours and that he loves us and he's got a plan for us. That brings me great joy. And that joke reminds me that Jesus came to bring joy. We know that Christmas is far from a joyous time for very many people. Jesus came to write a different story. Jesus came to help us live a different story. Often there's riddles. I remember as a child, there'd be a joke, a riddle, and a, and a fact on some of the, there might still be. Um, you may have, maybe have to pay a bit more than $2.99 for those crackers. But, um, but, um, a riddle, and those riddles remind me that, um, like the, like the prophecy we read at the beginning. Sometimes some of this stuff in the Bible, sometimes some of this stuff that these people were hearing didn't make sense. It was like a riddle. How am I supposed to work this out? And Jesus comes, and if you like, solves the riddle, answers the riddle, fulfills the riddle, helps to make it all make sense. The fact that you sometimes get on crackers, maybe a Christmassy fact, maybe a fact about um, the, the, who, who um, first invented the, Christmas, the cracker and things like that. They remind me that there's truth here. This isn't just about fun and, 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 and eating and holidays and time with the family, as good as all those things are. There's facts here. Jesus really came. Jesus, the purpose behind his life, to live and to die. Those things are facts. There's no, there's no historian worth their salt who, who wouldn't agree in the, that, that Jesus was born, Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. Jesus came, entered the world to give us new life, to help us to make a way through all of the mess that humans had made, and bring God back into our lives. We could be reunited with God again. His way is the right way to live. His kingdom come. His will be done. There's something else in these, cr- in these crackers. Oh, what have, what have we not had yet? The hat. Can we all put our hats on, please? Thank you to those who already have. Um, I always find that they don't quite make these, the circumference of these hats quite big enough. Um, in fact, well, Oh, wait, this might be the first. It's a little tear, and it goes on. There we go. Okay, what's the hat going to remind us of? We need to be quick. What's the hat for? Crown, thank you. 
We've, we've seen, heard of some kings already. Three different types of king in the Christmas story. The three kings who travelled across continents. Took them um, up, to, up to two years probably, travelling across continents to, to see this newborn king that they'd seen something in the stars about. And they came um, to worship him. They brought him presents. They brought Jesus the king presents. Before we get to Jesus, we got King Herod. Well done, Lucas. Very good. Um, who tried to stop the whole story in its tracks. Worship him with my sword. Herod took the sword to very many um, young boys under two years old. Um, He didn't get Jesus because they were warned in a dream by God and they went, they were refugees. They went to Egypt by a different route. So Jesus couldn't and wasn't killed. Then we got Jesus, the newborn king. Jesus, the king of kings. Jesus the king, but not in the way of Herod was the king, ruling in power and and authority and lording it over everyone. But Jesus the king who says, oh, there's a different way. My kingdom's different. In fact, it's upside down. You're going to show that you're a leader by serving one another. I'm going to show that I'm king of kings by dying. No one thought that was the way the king of of kings was was going to show his power in the world by becoming the most vulnerable and being crucified. No one expected that. In fact, most people thought that they were wrong about Jesus because he died. Many people now even don't recognize him despite what we have. Because the way that he does things isn't the way they'd expect the King of Kings to do things. I encourage you to investigate. Come, come along to Renew regularly or to any church regularly. Keep finding out what this Jesus, what this King of Kings has to offer for you. Because there's something else in the crack here. What gifts have we got, eh? What, I mean, treasured possessions do we have in this cracker? I've got one of the magic fish that's supposed to, I don't know, do something. Um, tweezers. Wonderful. And a golf tee. Keep that for when you learn golf. Brilliant gifts. Okay, not the best gifts in the world, but a reminder at least, a token at least, of... We we hear this so much that I think we become desensitized to it. The greatest gift... I'm going to take that off before it covers my eyes. The greatest gift that we could receive ever in life, Jesus himself. The gifts that we get are not the things that Jesus gives us, as great as they are. Not the, the benefits of being a Christian the eternal life and the, the family and the faith to be part of and, and that sense of purpose are all brilliant, brilliant, really, really important. The gift is Jesus himself and he gives himself to us. What do you need to do to receive a gift? I mean, my family are keeping it really secret at the moment, but I just know, I just know I, that it's going to be amazing. But whatever, whatever they come to me with on Christmas Day, however Big that boxes, right? It's no good whatsoever if I go. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, thanks. I'll just go and get on with dinner. It's no good whatsoever unless I'm ready to receive it, willing to receive it, and I literally reach out to receive it. That's the gift. Jesus offers Himself to you. Is the way, the truth, and the life. The whole point of Christmas is to 
to share the message. The reason the wise men, people, the wise people brought gold, frankincense and myrrh. Gold, because they recognized he was a king. They brought that gold from the east. They brought that gold over continents to give to Jesus because they recognized he was a king. They bought frankincense, kind of nice, sweet, smelling, nice smelling incense, because they recognized he was the great high priest. He was the one, you know, in the temple where the, the incense would be burnt and the smell symbolized the prayers going to heaven. They bought incense because they realized that he was the one who was going to bridge the gap between humankind and God. He was the one who was going to make that relationship right again. Gold for a king, incense for the great high priest, our mediator between God and man. And, and they brought myrrh. Uh, an ointment for burial thing that they would be put on the body when it was dead to, to stop it from, from smelling too bad myrrh because they knew he was going to die for them he knew that he was going to die to take this, the punishment for the sins of the world so that we could just receive the gift and, and enter into the eternal life that's the gift that's the only gift I want at Christmas time I love sharing gifts with my family so that we can have a pale reflection of what it is to receive the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ. We see the joy on one another's faces as we exchange gifts and we remember the joy that Jesus came to bring us. Please don't just go through the motions of Christmas, however wonderful they, they might be. Um, please say this every year. Please take the time to consider Christ, especially if you don't think you're in a relationship with him at the moment, if you don't think you're living life his way at the moment. And anybody who wants to talk for however long about what it means, what, how we genuinely do all this stuff, how we follow him, how we receive him, then come and grab me and at any time, straight after the service if you like, and I'd love to chat with you about your experience and about what I've found to be true. But I would like to think, I could talk to any Christian here, about the truth of Christmas, the reality of Christmas, and they'd be equally overjoyed to share their experience with you too. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the peace, the hope, the joy, and the love that you came to bring. Thank you that all that I've said and all that we've shared this afternoon already all came about because you loved us and love us and will always love us unconditionally there's nothing we can do to make you love us less there's nothing we can do to make you love us more for god so loved the world the people of this world that he gave his only son jesus christ may we each and every one receive him receive him afresh if we need to that we might enjoy and be great ambassadors for the life that you call us to live Give us opportunities this Christmas to shine for you, Lord Jesus. To remember the fear that's part of the story. Let's remember the joy that's part of the story. Let's remember the King of Kings. Let's remember the gift that he is to us. Amen. Amen.